My friends, today is the day. The moment is now. The change begins. Why? Because you are here on the 18 Summers Live Your Passion podcast where we encourage you to live your passion. You get one chance, one shot at this life. And you can either be the person that says, I wish I had, or you can be the person that says, I am so glad I did. So join us as we dive in, we figure it out, we walk this walk together so that we can live our passion. All right, guys, welcome to this episode of the Live Your Passion podcast. My name is Hal Califf. I am your host. And today we are talking with Troy Albright. Now, Troy wears multiple hats, um, but specifically what I want to talk to you about today and, and, and introduce you to Troy about is about his greenhouse, his his urban farm called True Garden. Now, True Garden is a state-of-the-art urban farm, aeroponic tower greenhouse in Mesa, Arizona, one of the hottest climates. I mean, it's a desert climate, but he is growing produce all year round. Uh, really just an amazing amount of produce in, in, in 5,000 square feet. Um, and this is something that he has invested his life into. Um, he is a pharmacist by trade, um, and he does own a pharmacy and, and he's got a great pharmacy business. But the truth is, is that his passion isn't about pharmaceuticals. It isn't about medicine. It's about health. And so Troy, uh, we're going to talk with him today about his passion for health and why he decided to go this route with this greenhouse. So Troy, welcome to the Live Your Passion podcast. I'm so grateful that you joined us here. Thanks, Hal, for having me on. Uh, this is exciting to do a podcast with you and really uh, talk to people about health and wellness, and it's where it starts. So, again, we're as healthy as what we eat, so I love food. Well, so let's let's start with that. Let's start with health and wellness because you made a, a journey yourself uh, in, in getting back to a healthy state, and that encouraged you to do what you're doing now. Is that right? Oh, that's correct. I was pushing 300 pounds at one point, and uh, I was over-exercising. You know, I was born in Minnesota, so meat and potatoes was our staples with corn as our vegetable. And uh, since then, we've realized that that's not really the case. Um, so by changing my diet and entering and introducing all these different uh, foods, especially fruits and vegetables, I was able to drop almost 100 pounds. So it's crazy how uh, food can uh, make or break your your own health wow and and so in that journey to kind of find the right nutrition and then make the right moves to get healthy you wound up uh coming across um some kind of some alternative growing methods and and one of them is these aeroponic towers that you've uh that you've invested in tell us about uh the aeroponic towers and tell us about true garden Oh, yes. So one of my patients on the pharmacy side uh, showed me these tower gardens. And I was like, where's the soil? I mean, that was the first thing because in Minnesota, we were farmers. My parents and grandparents were farmers and we had black soil. And, and they're like, no, there's no soil. You control the water, the nutrients, I mean, the seeds, everything, the environment. And I was like, really, this is just like compounding. I can actually control 
all the elements I put into growing my own food. So I was like sort of very, very excited. And um, we initially bought just two and then built a little greenhouse uh, on the neighbor's property and put uh, eight more. So we had 10 in there. And we could not believe how much food we are growing in such a small space. And, and that's what's incredible about the towers. You can grow 10 times more vertically than horizontally. And uh, so at that point, we decided to build a greenhouse and support the community and grow produce for the local community. And, and it's been a, a great adventure from that point three years ago. All right. So let's have it. You just said you can grow 10 times the amount vertically that you can horizontally. So are you saying that like if you had an acre, like a one acre greenhouse, okay, and yes. you filled it with towers, you could grow 10 acres worth of food in that, t- in, in that greenhouse? At least 10 acres, if not even more, depending on the crop. But that is correct. Wow. That is phenomenal. Now, what kind of growing restrictions do you have with the heat being in a hot desert climate? How does that affect what you do? Well, we know that um, we need to keep air moving, and that's one of the biggest issues in, in Arizona. You know, we're pushing 120 degrees. We've got to have plenty of airflow. So without using any HVAC, air conditioning at all, we're able to uh, grow food throughout the summer here in the, in the southwest desert. And what, 73% of the world is desert, so this is a, a perfect example of what you can do in all these desert arid regions throughout the throughout the world so um so the, the biggest challenge is just during the the summertime those three months and we're able to uh, grow through it this is our fourth summer right now and we're excited to be growing living food year-round here in the desert that is amazing so all right let and, and i'm gonna have to put some pictures in our in our description uh in, in the in the page that goes along with this podcast just to give people an idea of what they'd be looking at but Speaking of the towers, how how tall are your towers? Our commercial towers here in Arizona are 13 pots tall. So that means we have 52 different grow spots on each tower. So that allows us to really uh, go vertically. And uh, so as a result of going so tall, that's why we can actually uh, grow so much more food vertically than horizontally. Along with that, we can use 90 to 98% less water because we recirculate the water and the nutrients. So again, in the desert, what's the biggest commodity? Water. And uh, Arizona is no different than California, where we have a water shortage, especially this year in 2018. There's a water crisis going on. You haven't heard about it, but it's coming. And water is a commodity. Wow. Now, okay, so fifty-two, up to 52 growth spots in those towers. And how many towers are you housing in your 5,000 square feet? So our, ta- uh, our greenhouse was designed to hold up to 320 towers. Wow. Yeah, so that's over 16,000 grow spots that we can produce monthly. I mean, that's monthly. Isn't that something? Yeah, it's, that's 16,640 for those of you wanting to do the math. And, and, and how often are you turning plants um, and produce through these, through these grow spots? On average, 26 days. Okay, so let's just say 28 days, a 28-day cycle, so four weeks, right? Correct. So that's 13 times a year. That's correct. So 216,320 plants a year in that greenhouse. That is amazing. Right, right. You know, as when I talk to my parents about you know farming in Minnesota, they always they always rush to get the crops in. You know, as soon as spring came. And then tried to, you know, 
turn those crops as fast as they could every year um, before fall hit again. So we're fortunate with this technology to be able to, to grow year-round. So it's a great way to go. That's you see, I, I find that really interesting because I so I'm in Pennsylvania right now, and you know we just we just picked up this farm, this 16 acre farm in Pennsylvania, and I'm looking at the land we have to grow on, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, water wise, as I've gone to these farms out here in Pennsylvania, nobody waters, nobody irrigates, because we get rain about every three days, we get dumped on in rain, and so there's enough water coming down to water the plants. But one of the things I noticed was that there's hot and cold snaps. Like here, the winter stuck around an extra long time this year. They were still getting snow just like a month, month and a half ago. Um, you know, it, like in, in, uh, in, I think it was in, in May, they were still getting snow up here at times. That's so crazy. Right. So they're like, they're dealing with snow in, an, in a time when they would normally be farming. But in a greenhouse, in, on this side of the country, that would be irrelevant. It wouldn't matter because as long as you have sunlight, you're and, – and even with the greenhouses, I'm sure there's probably heaters or lights you can add in for those that's cloudy correct. days. But th- that's amazing. And, and then conversely, in Arizona, when you're dealing with that extreme temperature, the extreme heat – um, you're not having an issue with, with heat. I mean, I know you're moving air, but I've been in Arizona. I lived in Arizona for nearly 30 years. And when the air moves in Arizona, it's just hot air. How are you, what are you doing in your greenhouse to keep it cool, even moving the air? We have two uh, modes of um, cooling in there. The first is the big wet wall, which is 40 feet long, six feet tall, and six inches deep. So it's like a big swamp cooler. So, it basically, we run water through it and we move air and we get a lot of heat exchange, 15 to 20 degrees heat exchange just with that big wet wall. And then on top of that, we can add in the microfogging system, which gives us another uh, 20 degrees uh, cooling effect as well. So even when it's 120 out, you know, the hottest it gets in our greenhouse is 87 degrees. And uh, at night we cool it down again. And it's remarkable because uh, when you have 320 reservoirs filled with 20 gallons of water, you can use that as a way to either help heat or cool your greenhouse as well. So again, that's assisting us as well. So the technology has been designed to really uh, assist you in growing year round uh, with that technology. Wow. Well, all right, Troy. So we've talked about what you're doing out there, but let's, let's kind of tackle the side of this that most people, I think most people could look at this greenhouse and go, man, I would love to have that. Right. I would love to, to be doing that. Mm-hmm. I, but let's talk about what it takes to get there. So um, we've talked about what you do, but let's talk about how you got there. You went through kind of a life-changing experience in getting healthy and finding this. But what what did it take you to build and, and make the decision to build this greenhouse and then move forward with it? And, and how long did it take you? Well, the process was um... – Gosh, you know, by the time we had plans approved, it was a, a good eight to twelve months, and then it took about twelve months to to get it all through the the county here and everything. So when it comes to planning a, a greenhouse, you know, depending on the the regulations you have in your area, you're looking at easily eighteen to twenty four, maybe even thirty six months, depending on regulations. In some states, you know, agriculture, there's you can build greenhouses and there's really no no stipulations. But here in Arizona, as you build urban farms in an urban area, 
There's lots of regulations. They don't know how to, to handle you or treat you. And uh, it was interesting to see how um, we were able to you know, move through all the regulations and, and get this greenhouse built. Uh, ultimately, it ended up costing us a lot more because of those regulations. But in the end, I wouldn't uh, change a thing other than maybe make it bigger if I could. So that's, uh, that's how it all sort of came to fruition. Now you are kind of landlocked there. I, I know you you were using utilizing a space that you already had, um, some land That's you correct. already you already had, uh, but um, even with that, you're you're uh, you're in you're you're. I think you've grown you you've got the building as big as you could for the space you have. Is that right? That is correct. So nine months out of the year, we're able to stick another couple hundred towers up outside based on demand. And that's where we grow all our fruiting crops. So a good nine months out of the year, we can add an additional you know, 200 towers um, on top of that as well. Wow. That uh, that has got to be – because, you know, I know being in Arizona, there's there's a drive for farmer's markets. And there's a lot of people that like to go to the farmer's markets and, and look for fresh local produce. Um but I, I would imagine yours kind of stands out above the rest. Um, I've seen the produce that comes off your towers, and I've seen the produce that comes out of the grounds. And yours seem to be a lot larger and more consistent, even though there's no – you don't use pesticides or herbicides. You're not using growth – like growth um, – uh, I guess it wouldn't be growth hormones, but you're not regulators. Using, uh-huh. using growth regulators. You're, you're farming as naturally as you can without soil, right? That is correct. No herbicides, fungicides, or pesticides, all non-GMO seeds using natural growth solutions. Our goal is to really give you the best product. And then we even clean the water up. We use a big reverse osmosis because the water here in Arizona has got a lot of junk in it. It's very hard as well. So again, we clean that water up. And uh, so that way we're giving our produce you know, the best water we can as well. So in in kind of making this... this uh... I'm going to call it a dream because I think you have to dream big in order to put something like this together for the for the benefit of the community. So in order to get to this point, what did you – what challenges, what obstacles did you face to make this happen? You know, uh, you know going through the, the county and getting everything approved and then it's finally approved and then as you build it, you know, the inspectors are forcing you to change things that – they want done, even though that's not what was approved. So to me, that was the biggest challenge is starting and stopping the project, you know, changing things based on what the inspector wanted, even though it had been approved to do it a different way. So that's what drove me crazy the most because ultimately it kept costing me money to change things. And um, part of it was we had to put a big wet well or a dry well in, and uh, we already had put a, a flood control uh area in the back there with a 100-foot-long, 8-foot-in-diameter percolation pipe, and that's what got approved. Um, but then at the middle of the project, they said uh, that wasn't good enough, and I needed to do a dry well as well on top of that, which that just made me very irritated because to do a dry well, there, there went another $65,000. So, again, it's finding out what your what your regulations are in your area, and that way you'll know exactly. So, I don't know, like on your property, if you have a well or not, because if you do, then you have your own water, which, you know, here I'm in an urban setting and, you know, I don't have that opportunity to, to put a well in since I'm here in an urban setting. So, again, regulation is was one of the biggest uh, handicaps I had. 
And uh, then the next hardest is finding buyers for your produce. It's easy to, it's easy to grow, but it's finding enough buyers. And, and again, as we move into uh, this local food movement, the local movement, more and more people want to buy food locally because then they know it's not being sprayed with, with uh, different uh, pesticides as it goes from state to state. So uh, we're fortunate enough to be able to service different restaurants, you know, some nonprofits here, as well as farmers markets. So that's that keeps us busy. Wow. And now dealing with the county, you were saying because you're actually you developed what is considered an agricultural building on a land that's not agricultural land. It's an urban setting. Um as opposed to somebody like like I'm on a farm, so uh, I'd be dealing with a different set of rules here because on ag land, um, rules typically are different for ag buildings. Is that is that's that correct? Kind of- yep. Yeah, they're much more lenient on uh, if it's already zoned ag. It's it's much more uh, lenient and easier to erect uh, greenhouses and different buildings with uh, minimal issues. Now, what? Um, I mean, you've got, boy, between the between the greenhouse and the pharmacy there, um, you've got obviously two two uh, businesses to run and operate. And I know that you, you know, as a pharmacist, you still work as a pharmacist in the pharmacy. Um, how do you how do you manage your time during the day to to make sure that you're giving time to not only your work but your passion of bringing uh, nutrition to the community? Well, typically Monday through Friday, I'm a pharmacist and, you know, I go out with some of the produce, make some deliveries just to meet our accounts, make sure we're doing a great job. But I'm developing great staff, not only on the pharmacy side, but also on the farm side. So it's typically more on the weekends that I wear that farmer hat, uh, checking on things after hours, prepping things for Monday. And uh, so it's it's typically a pharmacist by day and a farmer by night. And... uh I should say by night and weekend. So I love it. You know, I get to eat, you know, eat the uh, incredible food I get to grow. Um, what more could I ask for? Do you have a way that, you know, I know a lot of people um, every morning they have to hit the gym. That's just part of the routine or, you know, they get up and they read for 20 minutes. Do you have something that you do to start your day off uh, that gets you on track for the day? Well, part of it is um, understanding how your body works. Um, I'm not a morning person, but for the longest time I was getting up and riding bike, you know, at the crock of dawn, 50 miles a day, five days a week. And I was actually stressing my body more than helping it. So it's figuring out if your if your body's a, more of a, you get up and go in the morning, that's great. Otherwise, figuring out when's the best time to exercise. And for me, it's in the afternoon. Um, so usually getting to bed, uh, getting the good six to eight hours of sleep is important. That way the body can actually feel rested. Your adrenals get to, to to have some downtime as well. And that way when the day comes, you're ready to go. So it's having a routine of, of not only getting good sleep, but actually eating a, a whole food type diet. And that's very, very important. And Troy, as we, as we talk about, one of the things we talk about a lot here on the podcast is, is living your passion. I mean, that's the title of it. It's, you know, the Live Your Passion podcast is really about encouraging people to step out of the box that they think they need to stay within and challenge themselves into uh, living their passion and really chasing their dream or um, doing what they feel really fulfills them. Uh, what 
what kind of advice do you give to people? I mean, obviously, you took a huge step and, and a lot of risk in, in building a state-of-the-art greenhouse in, a, in an urban environment. Um, you could have, you know, retired from, you know, working at some point uh, earlier probably than you will now. Um, but you, you stepped out on faith and, and took a big risk. What would you tell somebody who's thinking about doing the same thing, who's looking to make a, a big jump that could set them back a few years, but is what they really what they really believe in? Anything that you love to do isn't a job. And, and for me, uh, you know, pharmacy is not a job. But uh, even as a as a farmer, I don't look at it as a job because I love what I do, and and it makes it re- way easier. Um, you know, again, we funded this greenhouse and everything with our our own finances. We didn't uh, go and borrow money for it. We wanted to make sure we were as uh, financial sound as possible, and uh, that's why I tell people, you know, make sure that you're making good financial decisions. Unfortunately, unlike a typical farmer, you go buy these multi million dollar you know, tractors and, and, uh, balers and things like that with vertical farming, you don't have to, you, I mean, our carbon footprint is very, very small as a result. So we're very green and you're not spending all this money on farm equipment. And that's, that's a big savings. And, you know, I still have uh, cousins that are farmers in Minnesota and the amount of money they spend on farm equipment, is just mind boggling. I don't know how they ever make money. That's that's a good point. I I was out mowing my grass yesterday on a borrowed tractor that I know probably costs more than my car, so I know it's yes. that's it's very true. And with what you're doing, you've you've already you've got the expense in in your towers and your greenhouse, um, but but you're right that that constant you know tooling and stuff is very different. Right. We don't have that where we have to constantly replace farm equipment. Once you've got your greenhouse erected and your farm is purchased, the farm's easily expandable. So again, you can start out, you know, with a, a small 20, 30, 40 towers and expand it up to 300 with no problem. Um, that's what's nice. You can scale it to your, you can scale it to your uh, business. So as your business grows, you can add towers. So it's a great way to, to grow food, you know, nutritionally dense food as well. Very cool. Um, so you just mentioned nutritionally dense food. That's one of the things we talked about earlier: is being able to control the environment of the of the of the produce that you're growing. Um, how how important is that uh, compared to traditional farming? What's what's the difference in that? You know, um, the USDA really only requires us to have fifteen to twenty six different minerals and nutrients in our produce. Um, The growth solution that we're using has 70 plus essential minerals and nutrients. So by giving our our produce the the best we can, the highest quality, we can really produce this produce that's so nutritionally dense. You can tell the difference. You can taste the difference. Your body will respond. And uh, again, it's it's intriguing to see because as more studies are done by the USDA, most of our produce travels 1,200 to 1,500 miles, and by the time it reaches its destination, it might only have 50% of its nutritional value. So again, that's why people are looking to local farmers, because they know the food is really more nutritionally dense than what's been produced you know, 1,200 miles away from them. Now, talking about the, the, the system that you're using in that and um, 
making a big change, going in and building this greenhouse out, uh, what is something you wish someone had told you or something you wish you had known before you started doing what you're doing, before using the system you're using or spending the money you've spent? What is something you wish you knew before doing all of this? Um, it's more of um, planning the greenhouse. I mean, if I would have realized the expenses that would have been involved since I was in an urban farm setting, um, I could have probably built another three greenhouses with the amount I spent uh, to be in an urban setting. So again, it's it's learning, finding out what your regulations are, um, and then um, finding land that probably would have been way less expensive with less regulations that was zoned ag would, would have been really a lot more beneficial. Um, but once you start building, it's hard to stop something in the middle of a project and say, forget it. And uh, so we plowed ahead and finished it. And, you know, retrospect, I'm glad uh, we've done it. And it's a state of the art. Um, we're going to sell commercial farms all the world. We're, we're already doing quotes for you, you name it, you know, everywhere, every place from Qatar to Italy to Dubai, you know, India, 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 Bangladesh. I mean, you name it, we're, we're quoting farms out. Let's talk about where these towers came from. Um, because I, I've met, um, uh, I've met Tim Blank, um, and he was the guy that kind of pioneered these these aeroponic towers. So tell me about do you have a do you have a working relationship with Tim, and and what developments has he been able to bring in and kind of work with you on that has that has grown this this business? Oh yes, I, I have the great pleasure of working with Tim Blank, the developer of the Tower Garden. He um, originally uh, developed this system for NASA. A very similar system, more of a collapsible system. And when uh, we send people into space, you know, what you take with you is what you got to use. And and so they grow food like this in space with a more of a collapsible type system. And uh, so essentially our taxpayer dollars paid for this research. After that project uh, st was no longer around, he got hired by Disney World uh, at the land, which is a, a ride down there. And that's where he worked for 12 years uh, developing over hundreds of different types of vertical farming. Um, he was flown all over the world, and you know, he's a, a hydroponic, aeroponic uh, expert and understands all this. And his goal was to make something that was fun and simple. So there's a residential model that's you know five, six feet tall uh, that you and I as a consumer can just use uh, in our house or uh, on our patio. Um, so he's made it uh, very fun and simple and, and a great way uh, all of us can grow food even as we realize our soils are becoming more and more contaminated with, with pesticides and different uh, heavy metals and things. Very cool. And so um, when, when this greenhouse is being built, uh, this is the first one in, in the Southwest, right? I mean, this was the first That's um, correct. aeroponic system uh, greenhouse in the, in the Southwest. And, and you've been able to, to develop, help other places develop theirs too. I know you've talked about farms all over the world, but even in your own backyard there, um, tell us about some of the projects you've got going on locally. Oh, sure. Um, we have a, down at the Phoenix Convention Center, we work with um, the city of Phoenix there, and we've got a 12-tower uh, microgreen farm down there working with them, uh, showing off the technology, and the, they're actually get, getting to use that technology, the food that's being produced from that technology, 
uh, for their patrons. Uh, that's one big project, which is going to turn into 50 to 100 more towers here uh, probably by this time next year. Um, also, there's a nonprofit that we uh, supply uh, different types of lettuce and greens to, a Sunshine Acres that's building a 6,000-square-foot greenhouse, um, and they're going to start out with 150 towers initially and be able to easily put another 150 to 200 towers in there as well. So we're excited to be part of that project. It's being uh, implemented right now. So here you have a, a Sunshine Acres who um, takes care of uh, uh, young young kids, um, and again, they train them up to different professions. They get them to go into college. Um, here they're going to sustain themselves with their own food by growing their own food with their greenhouse year-round here, uh, not too far from where my farm is at. And in full disclosure, uh, that is how I met you. Uh, at the time when you started teaming up with Sunshine Acres, I was the food service manager at Sunshine Acres Children's Home. And uh, you started bringing us produce that was um, – uh, it was turning. Basically, it was it was good consumable produce for our animals. We had uh, some 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 4-H animals and some um, animals in our petting zoo and our chickens uh, that were able to to use some of the some of the lettuce or some of the produce that was growing that wasn't selling quite quick enough. Um, but at the same time, then you and I started working together in bringing in produce for the children and for the dining hall there and for the for the meal service. Um, which is where the the talk about putting a greenhouse together for Sunshine Acres came along. So I know that I was get, I got to be part of the design pl plan and the design process for that greenhouse. And uh, although um, I, I didn't stay at Sunshine Acres to see it to see it uh, come to fruition, um, I was there for a good chunk of it. And now it is actually being built, and uh, they'll hopefully be finished with it soon. I can't wait to get back and see it because again. With what you're doing at, at True Garden, they're wanting to do for the children at Sunshine Acres, which is provide uh, good, wholesome, healthy produce uh, to people who, I mean, you know, ultimately everybody needs it. And so being able to take such a, a restricted community like that and give them such a great product is, uh, is awesome. Right. Again, if we can change the nutrition of our kids, we're going to see them develop better their minds, behaviors, attitudes, it's all going to be better. It all starts with nutrition. So I applaud Sunshine Acres for what they're doing. Uh, they had a, a donor that stepped forward and, and donated the money to do this. And who's going to be involved in the running the greenhouse as well, working there. So it's exciting to see this uh, come to fruition. And uh, I expect uh, by fall here, they'll be up and running completely. That's fantastic. That is so amazing. I think just being able to know that something that you've put your your life into building uh, for the betterment of others, being able to see that come to fruition, not just at your own place, but in a place like Sunshine Acres or even the Phoenix Convention Center where, you know, millions of people will be exposed to it every year through conventions and, and you know, seeing the property out there. Just the more people get exposed to it, the more – uh, opportunity people have to realize they can have this in their own home. And I think even if you don't go to the commercial side of uh, tower gardens and aeroponic growing, just again, like you said, there's that home model that you can put on your back porch. Uh, I, I honestly can't. I mean, we're going to be farming here at our property, but I can't wait to get my tower garden up on the patio here because it is a fantastic 
uh, and and very quick and controlled way to grow great produce for my own family. Right, because there they, you know, even when you have the nice weather outside, you can have it outside, but then you can bring it inside because they've developed uh, this great LED light set for it now too, where you can grow year-round inside as well. So even when it's, you know, snowing outside, how you can be growing fresh, you know, all your fresh living produce inside as well. That is fantastic. Well, Troy, let's talk about a couple more things real quick. First one is you've made this journey. How many years are you into this journey now since since the day that True Garden was conceived until now? Where are we at? Um, we're five years into it, starting our fourth year, uh, fourth summer of growing. So three, you know, three year, full years of hands-on, you know, good two years of development, getting it built. So five years into it, um, and we're excited about the future and uh, knowing that no matter what happens with water here in Arizona, we'll be able to grow food. All right. So five years in, and you've you've come this far. You've got exposure around the valley. Where do you see the next five? What's your focus in the next five years? Well, the next five years is um, selling more towers, not only on the residential side, uh, but farms all over the U.S. I mean, we're working on uh, projects, like I said, over in Europe. We have a big farm in Spain, Ibiza, Spain, that uh, is over there. They're almost at 100 towers or will be shortly. Um, so the exposure, uh, a micro farm over in Bangladesh. You know, we have farms in Qatar that uh, we're building out right now. Uh, Dubai has a working farm. Plus, you know, there's 300 tower farms throughout the United States as well that uh, a few that I've been a part of. But again, there's lots of us that um, are authorized to sell these farms. And so, again, we're excited to be part of this this local movement here in the U.S. to to grow the best food we can, you know, vertically. And, and the Tower Garden allows us to do that. Awesome. Where can people find you, Troy? Well, on our main website, we have uh, True Garden. That's www.truegarden.com. Also, if you're just interested in purchasing a residential tower, you can go to my little residential website, and they'll actually ship it right to your doorstep. That's uh, www.rxtowergarden.com. Um, or if they have any questions, they can always call the the farm here, and um, you know, one of us will get back to them. That number is four eight zero three zero five eight nine eight five. So there's multiple ways they can get a hold of us. Well, and I also know that you're you have a great response time on uh, your True Garden Facebook page. I know um, your 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 standing. You know, Facebook rates how well companies and organizations respond to requests for information. And uh, in my last check, True Garden has a great response time. So if somebody sends you or True Garden a message through Facebook, somebody on staff there can get back to them usually fairly quickly. Um, and and you use your social media a lot. I mean, I know I've seen pictures of seedlings that you sell, and that's another another way that your garden, your your you know, your farm, your urban farm has grown because you don't just sell. I mean, you're, you're not really in the, I mean, you're in the business of selling towers, but true gardens in the business of selling produce, seedlings, towers, really the whole works, right? Oh, that's right. We are, we ship seedlings over the U S right now. We have close to hundred varieties of different uh, seedlings available. So you place uh, order online through truegarden.com by Sunday at midnight. They'll ship out Monday, Tuesday to you. And you'll have them by the end of the week, which allows you just to plug and play. So you're constantly keeping that tower growing food. 
Uh, we sell lots of the organic, uh, natural organic uh, pesticides like neem oil, the cassanthrin blossom called pyrethrin, uh, things that will sit you, you know, different uh, tower garden accessories. Uh, in time, we're going to be selling even seeds, packets of seeds. And that way you can be growing the exact varieties of seeds that we are, are uh, sending you. We also do uh, lots of classes. Um, those are still in person, uh, second and third Saturday of each month. Uh, again, you can check those out on the on the website. We'll be getting those posted again here shortly. Um, so again, we're trying to be part of the community, not just here in Arizona, but in the U.S. as well, and, and really be a, a moving vice, a moving force for the Tower Guard movement, uh, for people to, to create their own local farmer's market and be part of that. So we're excited. That is that is fantastic. And I think that's important for people to know is that, you know, you got into the business. You didn't really get into this business just for the sake of owning another business. You got in this to bring a nutritional and and very powerful food to the community and to be involved in the community, even nationwide and being able to ship seedlings so that, you know, somebody I mean, I, it'd be hard enough for me to grow produce out here in the winter when it's snowing. But even getting seedlings, you know, if I was trying to grow my seedlings here, um, you're dealing with trying to keep them, you know, on a heating pad and in a greenhouse type environment. But being able to get them shipped in um, so that I can just drop them right into the tower and go, boy, that makes it a lot easier. It sure does. It keeps it fun and simple. That's right. Awesome. Well, Troy, um, is there anything else you want to share with our listeners before we go today? Uh, We've talked about where they can reach you at. Is there anything else you want people to know about True Garden, about the Tower Gardens, uh, about you, or what's to come with True Garden? No, we just want to encourage people to grow their own food. I don't care if you use soil, uh, hydroponics, aeroponics, aquaponics. You're going to be healthier growing your own food, and that's what we're part of. We're part of that movement to really get back to uh, health and wellness through growing your own food. And... uh, as a result, you'll have the health that you want as we get older here in life. So uh, I appreciate the, uh, you giving me the time and opportunity to be on this podcast with you, Hal. Well, I am so grateful that you joined us today. I, I can't tell you um, over the years of being at Sunshine Acres and, and really getting to enjoy and partake in the fruits of your labor over there at True Garden and being able to enjoy that produce, uh, how much I miss it right now living <laughs> living 1500 miles or more away uh it it sure does make a difference and i can tell you that even living in a great farming community like i do now it's hard to find produce that matches what i was eating from true garden it just the 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 density of it the flavor of it the fullness of it um i just cannot find here and as much as i love the farming community here um, it's just, it's not the same as what we were getting. And I, I tell you, that makes me want more and more to bring it here. So I appreciate you being here and sharing this with our listeners today. If you want more information about True Garden um, and you don't have time to write down the website or anything right now, if you're driving, don't worry about it. You can go to our website, which you should know is goneen18.com, www.gonein18.com. Find the Live Your Passion podcast tab at the top. And when you mouse over it, drop down to the Troy Albright page. You will find uh, pictures of Troy's greenhouse, links to his website, uh, both for the towers and for the seedlings and for other products that are available, and his Facebook page. Um, 
and any other any other links we can find to, to tie you into Troy, we will put there. Um, you will not go wrong in taking a look at what True Garden is offering and finding out how you can bring it to your house. Um, and and just honestly, if you're just looking for somebody uh, to look at and go, this person stepped out and made a change, made a difference. Uh, I'm going to put, Troy, if I can find a before and after picture of you, I'm going to put them up there because I know you and I have had this conversation about you're almost at 300 pounds and drop it down to where you are now, um, you know, getting healthy again. And it's it's a life change. And it, this wasn't some fad diet. You didn't go on some crazy, weird, you know, 300 calorie a day and exercise for 18 hours kind of thing. You just simply changed the quality of the food you were eating and started to understand the role that it played in your body. And I know that it's been a huge life changer for you. Uh, it's been a great example for me to see. And uh, I'm just excited to share your story with others. So thank you again for joining us here. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us for the 18 Summers Live Your Passion podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. And if you have, we definitely encourage you to come back for another one. Share with your friends our podcast. Help them to live their passion. And most importantly, stay in contact with us. Reach out to us. Use our website, www.gonein18.com. That's G-O-N-E-I-N-1-8.com. There's a contact form on there. You can send us questions that you might have or comments about the show. And you know what? You can also find all of our social media links there. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. They're all there for you to find. We hope you enjoy it. Check out the blog too while you're there. Why not? Hey, we'll see you next time.